Uh, okay, so what am I supposed to say now after that? I guess there's only one thing to say after something like that. It's L'chaim. L'chaim. So, you know, I'll tell you something like this. You know, there, there are places, sometimes a person finds themselves... Is this working? It's working, yeah? Use this one. Is this better? I think so. Is this better? It's working now? You know, a person finds themselves at home. And then there are times. Is this too, is this too strong? Then there are times where a person finds themselves away from home. Now, when you're away from home, sometimes you feel like you're away from home. It might be good places, but you're away from home. Then there's other places that when you're away from home, you don't feel away from home. I think this is my first time actually in this shul right now, you know? And I don't feel away from home. I don't feel away from home. Not only because, uh, you know, a lot of the faces are familiar, but it just feels the same, you know? It feels the same. So Hashem should bless the Rav and the whole Kihil, the whole Chevra with just continue Nachas, continue Simcha, continue Bracha, continue Shefa, Adbali Dai. Okay, so, you know, one of, one of my favorite things to do, you guys can hear me? It's okay, yeah? yeah? Okay. One of my favorite things to do... Is that like this? One of my favorite things to do is to fabreng on a, a yontif that people usually don't fabreng on, you know? Yontifim that go under the radar, yontifim that don't come too often. And one of them is, no doubt, perm cotton. Yeah, perm cotton doesn't even come every year. It's only on a, a leap year that you have perm cotton. What would be purim if it wasn't a leap year? That's ready enough of a time to, uh, to have a simcha. So what's the Indian of Purim Kadim? What's the Indian of Purim Kadim? <coughs> okay, so as we usually do, let's explain something in Halacha. What Purim Kadim is in Halacha. Halachically, what is Purim Kadim? What are we celebrating? What exactly is this Yantiv? And then from there, we'll be able to build the proper body to experience the Nisham of what Purim Kadim is, what, the, what, what Purim is, Bukhlaam. There's a Shita from, there's a Chiddush from the Vilna Goyim. The Vilna Goyim said like this, we know the Gemara Tainus in other places quotes something that used to be, something that was called Megillus Tainus. What was Megillus Tainus? Megillus Tainus was a list of miniature Yom Tovim, of mini holidays that, was, that were kept during the times of the second Beis HaMikdash. Now these mini holidays, for the, the vast majority of them we're not familiar with. These are, these are holidays to commemorate maybe uh, you know, a drought that ended, a, maybe a Roman decree that was annulled, a Greek decree that was annulled, something that happened to help the Jewish community out. Minor Yom Tovim. And the way they were celebrated in Megillus Tainus is that you couldn't fast, there's no Hespid, there's no Tachnon. That's what was Megillus Tainus was. Now in Megillus Tainus, it's listed, Perm. Perm was also one of the Yom Tovim mentioned in Megillus Tainus. Now, 
The Gemara tells us in Mesechus Tainus and other places that once the Beis Hamikdash, the second Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Batla Megillas Tainus, which means that all these mini holidays are very nice to celebrate when the general matzav ruach, when the general matzav of Klai Yisrael is a time of, of holiday, when everything's going well, then fine, then you could celebrate these miniature holidays. But says the Gemara, once the Chorban Beis Hamikdash took place, and the general matzav ruach, the klal, the general picture of Jewish history and the Jewish matzav was one of tsaras, one of difficulty, one of galas. So then these small miniature holidays are bottled. They become nullified that small spark of something to celebrate becomes nullified in the bigger abyss of emptiness of Galas. Says the Vilna Gain, only one holiday survives Megillus Tainus, and that is Purim Kodin. Says the Vilna Gain, the end of Purim Kodin is that we're not celebrating because of Megillus Esther. Megillus Esther's celebration is Adar Beis. What's the Indian of Adar Aleph, Purim Kodin? This is a carryover of Megillus Tainus. Although most, 99.9% of all the holidays of Megillus Tainus were bought till once Purim Beis Hamikdash takes place. But Purim, the Yontav of Purim, as it's commemorated in Megillus Tainus, that remains. That remains. And that's what Purim Kodin is. This is why it's celebrated, but not with the, all the halachas of Megillus Esther. Because we're not celebrating Megillus Esther, we're celebrating Megil, the, the Yontav of Purim as it's commemorated in Megillus Tainus. Now what we see from the Vilna Gaon is an amazing thing, and this is something that we do find throughout the Yantav of Purim, is that Purim Kodin is a Yantav that's celebrating something Kodin, something small, something that otherwise should be nullified in a greater picture. Every other holiday of, of Megillus Tainus, as I mentioned, are small Yantavim, and they become nullified in the bigger ocean of Gullahs. But Purim Kodin is an Indian of celebrating that which is prat, that which is very tiny and very small, and it doesn't become nullified in the bigger picture. The prat, the prat, the tiny, the small. And in the truth, the truth is, if you think about it, the whole Yantav of Purim Bechlau, even the part, the Yantav of Purim as it's celebrated in Megillus Esther, is really, if you think about it, it's also just a prat. It's also just a prat. It's a small little miniature, small, tiny you know, blip on a much larger radar. Because if you think about it, how does Megillus Esther begin? We're in Gullus. How does Megillus Esther end? We're in Gullus. So the whole yontiv of Purim is the fact that we weren't killed by Haman. That's a blip on a larger radar of Gullus. It's the whole Indian, and, and yet we celebrate it. So the whole yontiv of Purim, Purim Gadol, Purim Kodin, is celebrating that which is that which is tiny, that which is small, that which otherwise should be bottled, should be nullified in a much larger ocean of the opposite of it. That's Purim Cotton. That's the regular Purim. Even, the, even we know that, I've mentioned this many times before, that one of the more secret themes of Purim is the, 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 the puzzle pieces being placed in order to eventually rebuild the second base Amigdash. So the whole Indian of second base Amigdash, that's why Stramalka remains after the Megillah, she eventually bears a son with Achashverosh, Daryavesh, who eventually, as the next king of Persia, allows permission for the second base Megillah to, re- to be rebuilt. So the whole Yom Tevah Perm is, in a certain sense, is a celebration of second base Megillah. Even the second base Megillah is a blip on our larger radar of Gullahs. Because you have the first base Megillah, that was a base Megillah. And then eventually have the third base Megillah, that's a base Megillah. Everything in between is Be'ikr Gullahs. What was the second base Megillah? A little breather. A prat, 
a prad, a tiny dover cotton, a dover cotton, which really should be bottled, should be nullified in a larger picture of the darkness of Golis that precedes it and extends past it. And yet, it sticks out. So this seems to be the Indian of Purim, both in Purim cotton and in regular Purim, of that which should be bottled, that which should be seen as insignificant compared to the bigger picture. The smallest picture is being stuck out, is being raised up, being isolated, being focused on. That's what Purim is about. And so small Yom Taivim that become nullified in the bigger picture of Gullus sticks out with Purim. We have Purim cotton. The salvation of Haman, although it's part of a much bigger exile of Achashverosh, sticks out with Purim. The second base of Migdash, which is a, a breather in the larger picture of Gullus, sticks out with Purim. That which is tiny is being focused on. That's what Purim is. So it seems, so again, Purim seems to be a yontif that's celebrating the tiniest, the smallest, the most micro, the most micro. But what's amazing is, is that the yontif of Purim seems to have a different, a different identity, a different dynamic. Where the one hand, everything that Purim is about focusing on the tiny, on the small, on the specific, on the prat. Mitzat Sheni Chazal say, the Gemara tells us that what? That call a yontif masinli bottle. That all mitzvahs, all yontif, when Mashiach comes, will become insignificant compared to the light of Geula, except for Purim. Purim itself is layosif mitach zaram, the Megillah says, Purim is described as Yontif, which is forever. You see, any particular moment in time, even a thousand years, a million years, a billion years, is tiny compared to forever. And Purim is described as a Yontif, which is a celebration of foreverness. It's nitzchi, it's eternal, it's forever. As opposed to other Yom Taifim, which don't have this quality of foreverness. So here's the funny dynamic when it comes to Purim. Mitzad Echad, on the one hand, Purim seems to be a celebration of that which is tiny, that which is small, that which is very, very, very specific. Very, very, very of the moment, very blip on the radar. Mitzad Sheni, the Yom of Purim is also a celebration and connecting us to that madrega, that place that's called La Yosef Zaram, that place that's called forever. Nitzchi, eternal, Ein Soif, without beginning, without end. So which one is it? Is Perm focused on the very, very tiny? Or is Perm pulled out to see way beyond the tiny, to see that which is mamish infinite? Is it infinite or is it extremely finite? That's the question. Okay, so in order to answer this, let me share with you an idea that we find in Sormak Daishan. This is not, uh, not a simple idea. It's not, it's not complicated, but it's something that many people are not familiar with. The question I've been asked this many times, you know, we want Mashiach to come, we daven for Mashiach, we talk about Gula. What's, what is it going to take for Mashiach to come? So let me share with you a couple lines that we find from that result. The result writes like this. This is from a few lines from the Sefer Shara Gula. I'm talking about Nishamas. This is what he writes. Kivan Sheizbaru Kol HaNeshamas Lagamri. Kivan Sheizbaru Kol HaNeshamas Lagamri. Oz Yavi Mashiach. It's a tall order. The Rizal said that in order for Mashiach to come, every Nishama has to be Nizbara, has to be clarified, has to be fixed. We know every, every single one of us, the Nishamas come to the world, as the Rav mentioned with Chalbana, we come to the world, we come to this world broken into a million pieces, right? Not so perfect. And our avoid in life is to be misakin ourselves, to misakin our neshamas, to misakin the neshamas of our families, the neshamas of other yidin, to make tikkunin, to put ourselves back together. Said the Ariyah Kaddish. The Rizal said again, 
Kivan she's barakol neshamas when all the neshamas are fixed, when all pagamim, when all blemishes of every neshama is fixed and taken care of and repaired. Oz yavim Mashiach, Mashiach will then come. The Rizal says further, Ad she's galgagul estakin kol neshamas that when with enough reincarnations the tikkun of all neshamas will take place. Miroish hanefesh ad ragleha from the top of the head until the bottom of the feet. If you think of the Jewish people as one big collective organism from the beginning of time to the end of time, like one big body. Every neshama from the top until the bottom, from the head until the feet, ikvist the meshicha, all has to be repaired. Ukedein yistayim miraglin, and when the feet are ultimately prepared, with every neshama is fixed, yesi meshicha, meshicha will come. The Rizal says also, achiyigmar lilkait kol neshamas, until all the neshamas are ingathered, afiloisim shenavul ad haraglayim, and even those neshamas that fell all the way to the bottom, Mashiach won't come until that takes place. So now the question is, if all neshamas are going to be fixed in order to allow Mashiach to come, so then the question is, what is going to be the avoida after Mashiach? What are we going to be doing all day, the rest of eternity? What's the avoida after Mashiach? If all the, all the mistakes, all the problems have been, have been repaired... So to answer this question, which is something, and it's interesting, I ask this a lot in different ways, but uh, in the Mekubalim, by the Sfadish and Mekubalim, we find there are two Avoidists that still remain after Mashiach. Although the Arizal said, Taka, that for Mashiach to come, all the Neshamas have to be fixed. By the Sfadish and Mekubalim, we have Giluyim, that there are two Avoidists that still need to be fixed. Number one, there's a language from the Rashash himself, from Shalom Sharabi, he writes like this in Rechavis Anar. He talks about Adam Rishon in Gan Eden. What was Adam Rishon in Gan Eden his avoidance? We know that he sinned, right? He ate from the Eitz But what was he supposed to do? So if he, if he, if he overcame that Nisayin and he didn't eat from the Eitz what would be? Said the Rashash like this, Through the good deeds, if Adam Rishon accomplished good deeds, if he didn't sin, Hayimavar berure ponim. Said the Rashash, the language of the Rashash is, is uh, it's, it's good to hear these words. The Rashash said like this, he said, all the Madragas that Adam Rishon kaidem And all the Madragas that the Jewish people will reach when, with the coming of Mashiach, after all the Neshamas have been fixed, all of that, said the Rizal, said the Rashash, is described as what? As achar ba'achar, back to back with God. It's amazing, it's beautiful, it's gewaldic, it's all repaired. It's all fixed, it's all in place, but it's back to back. Like Adam and Chava, back to back. The avoid of Adam Arishan in Gan Eden, and the Rashash says, and this is what's going to be the avoid of the Jewish people post Mashiach, is to get us from the Madrig of back to back to the Madrig of Panim Bepanim. Now, when you are facing someone back to back, the difference in relationship between back to back and face to face, although Technically speaking, it's a matter of inches. It's not even anything. We're just as close, right? If you're, if you're facing someone back to back and then you turn around to each other, you're physically as close as you were before. But it's altogether different madres, different Indian. Facing someone face to face, we're all making eye contact. Making eye contact. This is a difference, says the Rashash, with what other Mishans should have done in Gan Eden and what we are going to do after Mashiach comes is that all the Neshamas need to be repaired. Everything needs to be fixed. Things that are broken need to be fixed. But just because things are broken doesn't mean it's face-to-face -face with God. Because face-to-face -face with God is much more of an intimate experience 
than just being able to say that there's nothing in me that's officially broken. To make sure that there's nothing in my religious and spiritual life that's broken, that's called back to back. I need to get there in order for Mashiach to come. But Mashiach takes you to a level that's called infinite, a level that's called ain't safe, a level that all there is is God's eyes. All there is is God's eyes, and God's eyes are infinite, infinite. To go deeper and deeper into that which is infinite, the language of the Rashash. Haimavar buri ponen. The avoid of other mission after in, in Gan Eden would have been to be mavar or to get us to the next madriga that's called face to face. And the Jewish people in Adam Rishon would have faced Hashem face to face and they would have had that yichud, that intimate moment, which is forever. And said the Rashash, and in our job in this world after the sin of Adam and Chava is now to repair everything that's been broken from that sin. And that's what Golis is about. Everything that's broken in the higher world, everything that's broken in the neshamas, we have to now repair it in order for Mashiach to come. And then with Mashiach, we will then be able to re-embrace the avoid of what other region was supposed to have done. To do his first obligation of taking the world to a place of pan bepan. So this gilur, the Rashash, what the Rashash is revealing to us is that the Vaida of, of Golis right now is the Vaida of what? Is the Vaida of fixing things that are broken. But the Vaida of Mashiach, the Vaida of Mashiach is much deeper than that. The Vaida of Mashiach is called Yichud, Yichud, Yichudim. It's called unifications. It's called moving face to face. When a person has a relationship with a, as a husband and wife, so we all know that there are moments where the Vaida is fixing mistakes. Those have to be done, but they're not so gishmak. And then there are moments where there's no mistakes. There's no mistakes, it's something that's broken. It's just a matter of time of moving from back to back, face to face. Those are moments which are much more enjoyable. A person gets married, not when they're thinking of getting married, they're not thinking of being able, you know, have the opportunity to apologize when they said something wrong or they think they, or she thinks you said something wrong. That's not why you get married. You have to do that once you're married because there's a lot of things that end up becoming broken. And you don't even know how much is broken inside of you until you get married. But when you first get married, like Adam Rishon sitting in Gan Eden, your, think, your thought pattern is not fixing broken things. I want yichud. That's going to be the avoid of post-Mashiach. Yichudim, yichudim, unifications. Infinity, infinity, oneness, eye contact with God. Ein soif. That's very beautiful. That's very beautiful. So it sounds like after Mashiach, the Avaidah is only Gishmak, only Gishmak, only amazing, only infinite. But here's the Chiddush. Simcha. But here's, here's the Chiddush that we find from another one of the great Tzvadish Mekubalim, the Baal Asadar, Chaim Shol, Hakayim Dwek, in the Sefer Eifah Shlema. He writes the following thing. Listen to this. And it's based on another teaching from the Rizal and Shara Gagula. Now this is going to sound a little bit funny. But it's a gilu from, from Rabbeinu, from the Arizal, so it's without a question. The Arizal said like this, that when it comes to neshamas, obviously every single one of us have our own identity. We have our own neshama, our own pekel, our own inyan, 100%. But the way neshamas work, said the Arizal, is you have to think of them in terms of klal and prat. Klal and prat. The marshal I usually give to this, it's silly, but I think it gets the point across, is those Russian babushka dolls, you know, whatever they're called. So you have the big, I'm mispronouncing it, I know, but you have the, but I'm, I have Russian yichas, so it's okay, I can do it. So you have the big doll, and then you op open up, and there's a smaller doll inside. That's how neshamas work. Every single one of us is a tiny little doll, one of the individual ones, but we're part of this bigger collective neshama. 
there are 600,000 big babushka dolls. And every single one of them has myriads, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of little individual ones. In the language of the Arizal and Shargagulam, this is going to sound maybe offensive to some, but it's not meant to be offensive. It's just the language of the Arizal. The Arizal describes that the root neshamas, the shurshan neshamas, the root neshamas, or in our term, like the, the big dolls, the 600,000 shurshan neshamas are described as the neshamas of Tamidi Chachamim. Now, this doesn't mean that every Tamar Chachem is a root soul. It doesn't mean that every root soul happens to be a Tamar Chachem. But in terms of categories, in terms of defining, nomenclature, giving a, giving a, giving a term to describe it, he describes it as, as the 600 root neshamas, the klal neshamas, are the neshamas of Tamidich Chachamim. And then you have millions and millions of Amiya Oretz. Again, it's just a term. It doesn't mean you can have big Tamidich Chachamim in that category. And you can have Ami Aritz in the bigger category, but just in terms of technical terminology. You have root neshamas and small neshamas. Okay, that's from that reason on Shargagula. Comes Reb Chaim Mishal HaKayin Duwek the Balasad, and he writes the following thing. Even though that reason said in Shargagula, that in order for Mashiach to come, all the neshamas have to be fixed from the head to the toes, and there can't be one neshama left in the dark. Every neshama has to be fixed and prepared, and all of its inyonim have to be have to be have to be rectified in order for the Jewish people to then embrace the next Avayda, which is Panim B'Panim. Said Rechaim Shalakayin Dwek, said the Efeshleimah, V'chein yesh nitzaytzeis ketanesh al b'nei adam, she'ein nigmar b'rurim el ha'achar b'yas ha'mashiach. Said Balasada, that's only true, that all neshamas have to be fixed, that's only true when it comes to the Sharshay neshamas. All root neshamas need to be fixed. The cloliestic neshamas, the quote-unquote big neshamas, every single one of the big neshamas, the big babushka dolls, have to be fixed for Mashiach to come. But, said the Baal Asada, but you could have millions and myriads of proteas, detailed, tiny, specific, specks on a radar, blips on a radar, tiny neshamas, tiny little dolls, subsumed in those big babushka dolls that have not found a tikkun yet until Mashiach comes. Says the Baal Asada, therefore, when Mashiach comes, you are going to have big neshamas, all the big neshamas will be already mesukah. But you will find many small neshamas, neshamas which are categorized as neshamas of Amiya Oretz, the neshamas of Prat, the neshamas of tiny, specific blips, small dolls, part of a much bigger doll, those tiny dolls will not necessarily have a tikkun before Mashiach. They are only going to have their tikkun after Mashiach. And he quotes from Azar like this, they will Putting this together, we find an amazing, an amazing, strange reality of post-Mashiach. From the Sfarad Shemukubon, we therefore find that when Mashiach comes, what is going to be the avoid of the Jewish people? Two absolutely opposite avoidas. On the one hand, the avoid of the Jewish people is going to be like Adam Rishon Kaidim which is not, forget not, not dealing with broken things, not dealing with klein and apologies and buying flowers because you messed up. What's going to be post Mashiach is panim the panim yichudim yichudim dveikas elakus. In the language of the Rizal, we're going to be zaycha to what's called teres atzilus. That what, what a Luvin Esrug is going to be to us is going to be divine names. It's going to be Shemus Akdashim. You're going to look at another Yid, you're going to experience Elokus by embracing another Yid. We're talking about face to face, infinity, huge, big, 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 big. That's one side of Avaidis Hashem post Mashiach. 
And then Mitzad Sheni, that was from the Rosh Hashem, Mitzad Sheni says the Balasada, the same time, the same Tkufa, you're going to have, the Avoid is going to be what? To fix the lowest, broken, most specific, tiniest Nishamas, they're going to have to find their Tikkun, their Ikra Avoidah is, to find their Tikkun, it's going to be after Mashiach. So Mashiach himself, who is going to be the Rebbe of all Rebbe's at the time, is going to have to juggle these two sides. On the one hand, He's going, to be have to, he's going to have to bring the Jewish people to Mamash, the place of Yehudim, of Ein Saif, of face-to-face. Like Adam Rish and Kaidim And then he's going to have to be dealing with those Neshamas that couldn't find a Tikkun after 6,000 years of Golas. They couldn't find a Tikkun with all the, tzabra, all the, all the Tsaris and all the Agmas Nefesh and all the Yisurin. They couldn't find a Tikkun with all of that. And now they're going to have to find their Tikkun with Mashiach Tzikinu himself. So this is, a, this is Mamash a strange thing. So what is the tukuf of Mashiach? How is Mashiach going to be these two opposites? On the one hand, the tiniest, 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 smallest dolls, smallest neshamas, that get swallowed up and become completely lost in the bigger picture during the times of Golas, to the point of where they're completely forgotten about, even by themselves. Mashiach is going to be focused on them. And yet, Mitzat Shani, Mashiach is going to be taking us to that place of face-to-face. How do those two things work? Stam, those are the two avoiders. So you know, we have such a thing that's called secrets of Torah. That's what I just shared with you a little bit from the Rashash and the Balasada. But then we have something that's called Chesidus, which is secrets of secrets. Whatever remains disjointed in Kabbalah, Chesidus comes to unite. There's a term from Rabbi Nachman in Lukut Maran. That's for coming to the end. Rabbi Nachman explains in Lukut Maran in Simen Nuntes, Chelek Alf Simen Nuntes, the following aside. Rabbi Nachman reveals to us that these two avaidas are not separate, they're not disjointed, they're not detached from each other, but quite the opposite. One flows into the next. Rabbi Nachman reveals to us a great secret, which is that the entranceway into that place that's called Ponim the Ponim, the entranceway, the Shar La Hashem, that gateway that, en- that allows you entrance into that place that's called Infinite that's called way beyond anything we could possibly imagine, that place that's called Yichud, that's called face-to-face, the gateway is the tiniest of the tiniest of the tiniest. Rabbi Nachum explains as follows, just a couple lines. He's talking about Befrat, those people that are Isaac and what we call Kir Vrachaykin, but he writes the following thing. Says Rabbi Nachum, the Pasuk says, those that are, that are the remnants, those that are the remainders of Neusser, those that are left, behind, that are left over in Yerushalayim, Kaddish Yarmulay, when Mashiach comes, they'll be called Kaddish. Says Rabbi Nachman like this, Hainu b'nei Adam ha'nesharim devukim b'yirushalayim al-yit'afal pishi yish kama kama nesham shnafal mukadushasa. Says Rabbi Nachman, the meaning of this Pasuk is that when Mashiach comes, it's davka those yidin, that are the chalbanas, like the Rav mentioned. Dafka, those yidin, which are the smallest and the tiniest, tiniest dolls. And their whole Yiddishkeit, their whole avoid is tiny and small. And they can't get a moment of harchavas adas. They can't have a moment of expansiveness. All they know is tiny and sar and small and small and small. If they embrace their avoid, says Rabbi Nachman, if they find a tikkun in their place, that's adrab, that brings the deepest covet shemaim that ever could be. The greatest Kavit Shemayim, the greatest Giloy of God's presence in this world is not brought out by the big Neshamas, by the Neshamas of what's called Tamidich Echamim, by the big Dals. Those 600,000 root Neshamas, as amazing as they are, when they return to God, they don't bring such Kavit Shemayim. 
Because it's obvious, of course those neshamas are going to find their way back. But if you want to be able to open up that door of the deepest covet shemayin that would ever be, which is what's called face-to-face, Adam Rishon pre-sin, and not eating from the Eitz if you want to experience what it means, the Eitz then the only way in is to take Dafka, the smallest yidin, the farthest, farthest yidin, the most sabrachim, the tiniest, the most proteus, by connecting to the most proteus, by giving a tikkun, to the deep, to the smallest prat, that's your entrance into the biggest cloud. In the writings of the second Lubavitch Rebbe, we find this in many places. He describes, you know, in the Zarkadish, we have a language that's called the Rabbanu Shalom. Is there's, there's there's what's called almond is galian, revealed worlds, and almond steaming, hidden worlds. And then there's something that's described by the by the Zarkadish as steaming the kol steamings, hidden of hiddenness. You know, the, the, free, the, 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 the middle rabbi, the second Mavich Rebbe said that all Shabbos, all Yontif, all big Neshamas, they're connected to the world that's hidden, Almond Steam. But said the middle rabbi, you know, Perm is, you know, Perm is, Perm is Steam in the Kol Steam. Perm is the biggest Yontif, the deepest Yontif. Because the deepest Yontif of that which is face to face, how do you enter into that place? What's your ticket in order to get to that place of face to face? The only way to get to that madriga face-to-face, which is called infinite, mamish, infinite, the only way you ha- you're entering to that place, your ticket is that I did, I, my avoid was so tiny and so small. And despite the fact that I was in such a tiny, small place, I was able to serve the Rabbanu Shalom there and I repaired the tiniest fragments of my life. That's my ticket into what's called face-to-face. So he started with a question. We had a question. What's the avoid of post-Mashiach? Is Mashiach going to bring the world into that place of infinite? Or is he dealing with the tiniest neshamas? The answer is, one feeds into the next. The only way how Mashiach is going to be able to bring us to that place of mamish infinite to face to face is because he's being involved with those neshamas that are the tiniest. This is the secret of Purim. The secret of Purim is what? The secret of Purim is the yonder that celebrates the tiniest, the tiniest, the tiniest. Things that should become bottle and lost in the bigger picture. The this, this salvation from Haman is a tiny blip on the larger radar of Golas. But yet Purim is a celebration of the tiny, the tiny, the tiny. And we focus on the tiny. We don't lose sight of the small little doll. We don't just say, yeah, listen, we got the 600,000 big ones. Who cares about the tiny ones? That's not what Purim is. Think about this. The Gemara says, that the, the Megillah says really, that, that Haman wanted to kill every single yid. Minar v'adzokin, ta'afinoshin, b'yoyim echad. Why b'yoyim echad? Or one day. You know, there's a famous story they say from Avnezer that Avnezer once said that there was only one year in his lifetime that was able to slug him up and learn him. He said, why? She said there was the drunk of the town, and this guy would start already getting Adloyada, Rashkhadish Adar. So Avnezer sent him, you know, the perm is, uh, you can do Adloyada, but perm is like one day, it's not from the beginning of others. So he said, Rebbe, why is it that Haman only picked to kill a Yidin on one day? It's, uh, why not spread, out the, spread the, the, the killing throughout the whole month? The answer is, Haman was hedging his bets. If he loses and ends up being a Yantif, he doesn't want a whole month of Yantif. He wants only one day. I'm not going to give Haman the satisfaction. That's what he's going to say. I'm not going to satisfaction. But Lemaisa, Haman picked one day. He's going to kill a Yidin on one day. Why? So you know what the, this is an important point. You know what the cleap of Haman is? You know what the cleap of, of Amalek is? The clip of Haman and Amalek is, yeah, but they're a klal, it's all pretty good. Haman and Amalek is not, it doesn't allow you to focus on the tiniest of tiniest and to embrace the avoid of the tiny. 
Amalek attacks the Jewish people when we left Mitzrayim. The Jewish people, the vast majority of the Jewish people were protected by the clouds of glory. And the Amalekim were not able to penetrate those clouds. You know who they attacked? The stragglers, those Yidden that were kicked out of the clouds. And the Rabbani Shalom, because of that, hates Amalek with a passion. You know why? Because you know what Amalek says. Amalek says to the Jewish people, but there are, who cares about those leftovers? Who cares about the... <coughs> Who cares about those pratim? Who cares about those little dolls? As long as you have the 600,000 big nishamas, you're good to go. Ah, you're telling me that there's going to be some individual dolls that are lost behind, that are left behind? Who cares about them? They're stragglers. They were kicked out of the clouds anyway. So the whole Indian of Amalek is to lie to the Jewish person, to the Jewish soul, to make us think that all that's chashiv in God's eyes are the big things. But the small things... God doesn't care about it, neither should you. That's what Amalek says. And because of that, the Rabbani Shalom hates Amalek. Think about this. When, when, um, when, when Shaul HaMelech wanted to, was sent as a mission with Shmuel HaNavi to destroy Avol Amalek, right? So what happens? He kills everyone except for one person, except for Agag, except for the king. And he comes back to Shmuel and he says, Hakimah, he says, Hashem, I fulfilled Hashem's mitzvah. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And Shmuel says, really? I, Agag is right there. So what's up, Shad? What was Shaul thinking? The answer is, Shaul was saying, yeah, I, pretty, I pretty much killed Amalek. I pretty much. I, there's one little tiny little doll left over. Okay, that doesn't matter. That itself is falling into the trap of Amalek. You understand? The whole inn of Amalek is, 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 is blinding us from this truth that if you want to get face to face with God, then you have to go tiny. You have to go small. You know your entranceway into infinity? It's by with a Baruch Shomer. It's with an Ashrei. It's with a Shahakal. It's with saying thank you, Hashem, when something is difficult that's right in front of you. And it's not this big Indian. It's not a big Avoida. It's not, it doesn't get your, you know, it, it's not Ni'il uh, Kipper. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. But to not allow those little blips to become lost in the bigger radar, but to focus your eyes on those tiny things, which is what the whole Yontav Perm is about, that's Davka the Pesach into Nitzchias. So we mentioned, what is Purim a celebration of? Is it celebrating the tiny, small miracles, which is sort of insignificant in the bigger picture? And some, but yet Purim, on the other hand, is Loyasu mitachzar, Purim is Ad Loyada, Purim is Lamal Manadas, above understanding, it's hidden of all hidden. It's the biggest yantav of all. Is it the biggest or is it the tiniest? The answer is it's the same thing as, as Mashiach Zavoida. The way to become the biggest of the biggest, the secret of secrets, the deepest of the deep, is dafka by focusing on the tiniest of the tiny. And by looking at those Jews that see themselves as the tiniest of the tiny. And see themselves as being those little individual dolls that don't seem to matter throughout Golas. And what they do is insignificant whether Mashiach comes or not. When Mashiach comes, it's dafka and be those Yidin that their avoid is the most important. Because they're going to bring the world into that place that's called eternity. And this is the secret of what the Gemara says in the Gil about Haman. It says in Pasuk that Haman, It says in Pasuk that Haman obviously hated Mordechai. And first he wanted to kill Mordechai. But it says in the Gil, it's busyness for Haman just to focus on one little yid. It's beneath his dignity just to kill one person. It says the Gemara in the Gil, Amarava, Dafid Gimel, the Gemara says, Amarava, First Haman planned on just killing Mordechai. Then he changed his mind. I'm not going to focus on the tiny. Let me go bigger than that. The nation of Mordechai. 
Ulbasayf, and then he started, he decided call Ayudim, all Yidin. You see what the secret of Purim is, Chav? You see what the secret of Purim is? That all Yidin are interconnected, Ami Haaretz are connected with Tamid Chachamim. Those Tamid Chachamim, which are the 600,000 big Neshamas, that's the Am Mordechai. But Haman Arasha is foreshadowing his, his own demise. And the Yontav of Purim is celebrating Haman's decision to not disregard the millions of tiny little dolls and just focus his attention on the Am Mordechai and the 600,000 big Neshamas on the Tamid Chachamim. Haman's gaze was focused on everyone. Minar v'adzakin, taf v'nashim, b'yoyim echad. Haman looked at every single thing b'pratis, and all that was foreshadowing what the Simcha Purim is. The Simcha Purim is v'nahapichu. What you see by Haman, which is what? His absolute focus on the tiniest of Yidin, the smallest Jews, and not seeing them as less significant than the Am Mordechai, the Tamid Chachamim, that's exactly the inn of what Purim is, Bekdusha. The inn of Purim is that if you want to be Zaycha to the deepest levels of, of, of Elikos, of divinity, then what? Then you make Asher Yotzar. Then you say Shahakal. Then you say Barnefashas. Then you smile at another Yid when you're walking down the street. You say good morning. You try to be a little bit better in your, in your Shemir Sinaim, a little bit better in your in eating, a little bit better in your avayda, and yonim that in your mind are completely irrelevant to what it's going to say in your matzeva. What's going to say my matzeva? It's going to say my matzeva that I supported yeshivas. It's going to say my matzeva that I uh, finished shas 50 times. It's not going to say my matzeva that I was mocked to say burn the after the fabregan. It's not what it's going to say. But all the things that it's going to say in the matzeva are not going to get you to pun in the punim. You understand? You want to get the pun and the pun and face to face? You want to get to that which that madrig which is called steam and the cold steam. That madrig which is called Ada Loyada, a place that's above all understanding and all limitations. The only way to do that is to embrace those avoiders that are never gonna get in the Matsev. And by embracing those small tiny avoiders, that's your doorway into Nitzkis. Like Rabbi Nachman said, that which is a remnant, a leftover, that which is Mamish. Uh, a small little doll compared to the big picture. Something that Amalek tries to convince you not to pay attention to. Kaddish Yomer, like that's how you become a Kaddish Elyon. This is what Purim Kaddin is. You know what Purim Kaddin is a celebration of? Purim Kaddin is a celebration of those Yidin that even when Mashiach, even, uh, even when they hear the Shefer Gadol Lecher who still are asleep. Says in Pasuk, Takabah Shefer, right? You know, uh, says in Pasuk that there's going to be a great Shefer with Mashiach. And then after Mashiach, after the great Shifer is blown, those that are pushed away, those that are Nidachim, they're eventually going to slowly but surely crawl their way back. Those are the Neshamas. Those are the Neshamas that when eventually they get their way back after Mashiach comes, they're going to allow the rest of the Jewish people to that place that's called face-to-face. And that's what Purim is celebrating. Purim is a celebration of the tiniest of the tiniest of the tiniest. Things that, should, that, that usually go into the radar, that make all the sense in the world for it to go on the radar, a blip on the bigger screen of life. Don't make it to the matzevas, don't make it to the newspaper clippings, none of that. But that's what Purim is celebrating. And the Iker Simcha of life, the Iker Simcha being a Yid is what? Is the small thing that you have in front of you at that moment. To say a shahakal, to say a good word, to think about Hashem, to just to do a good, do a small tiny deed that's in front of you. And if you do that, that's your ticket into Nitzchus. Hashem Shabbat each and every one of us. And that which we find, that which we think is cotton, it should be revealed what the truth is, that it's not a cotton at all. It's Godel Shebek Doylen, steaming the cold steaming. 
Hashem should bless us with that Archav Zadas, with that Yishu Zadas, with that Akara of how deep our avoidance, how deep we are. We be as called Sadiq, Amen.